Amen. Lord, thank you. May your name be hallowed. May your name be revered. Uh, God, would your kingdom come to our lives and our hearts as we hear just briefly your desire to provide um, for us and for our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to turn off share and you can... um, Go to speaker view if you want, or you can keep the Brady Bunch function on, whatever is least distracting to you. But I am um, really thankful that we got to hear from John David a couple weeks ago on Our Father, Hallowed Be Your Name, and from Craig last week on Thy Kingdom Come, and Your Will Be Done on Earth as it is in Heaven. And just being encouraged this week to look for those discreet uh, place parts of our lives where those daisies of the kingdom are shooting up through the concrete. If we can just, sometimes we only see the concrete. Sometimes we only see the cracks uh, and the uneven spaces in our culture, and our life. But if we look closely, we see God's upside down kingdom is on the move. The resistance is, is on the move. And this prayer really is a prayer of resistance. It's a prayer that joins us to the resistance of Jesus to all that brings death. It's a prayer of resistance to uh, the sin and the brokenness and the injustice that we experience in the world. And as I said in our intro of the prayer, this is a Jesus-shaped prayer, and it is a Jesus-shaping prayer. It's Jesus-shaped. It's, it's a biography of Jesus' life. Jesus' life fulfills this prayer, and uh, you could just place just different episodes in the life of Jesus into the different sections of this prayer that he hallowed the name of Jesus, uh, the name of his father. He only did what his father said to do. He only spoke what his father said to speak. And so he hallows the name. He honors the name of Jesus. His life speaks of the father and his care for the world. In Jesus' life, the kingdom comes, right? The kingdom comes and the will of God is done on earth through Jesus' life as he heals, as he teaches, as he sits and eats with people from all walks of life. And the list goes on. He is also our bread. He is the bread of life. And that's where we camp out right now. The request here uh, is the third request. And this moves us from, remember we said it's, it's kind of structured in two ways, according to the Shema or the Kaddish, these Hebrew prayers that first focus on the Father, um, thy kingdom come, thy name be hallowed. And then it goes to love of neighbor. So first it's pointed, directs our attention to God, that his name would be hallowed and love of God. And now we're entering into love of neighbor. We're asking God to be present on earth as he is in heaven, that his name and his character and all that he loves would be accomplished on earth. And so the first request is give us this day our daily bread. I can remember when I was a a kid, my parents started a small business. Now it's a medium-sized business. 
um, but it was pretty rough. We moved seven times in six years. Many of you know the story. Many of you knew our family at that time. We lived in a house without water um, and we had to get it hauled in. And during that time, friends and family and the church, the body of Christ came alongside of our family. I never knew how um, poor we were because I always had food to eat. There's always cereal in the morning. There was always lunch and dinner. Um, I was happy. I was naively oblivious. But um, in that time, we got to see and my parents tried to point it out to me as much as possible as kids, God's daily provision for us. Um, we would come home from church and there would be groceries on our doorstep or pizza delivered to our house when uh, we didn't maybe have lunch ready for that day because we couldn't afford it. Or my dad or mom would find a check in their Bible uh, on their way home from church and in those moments, I began to see God as my provider. I began to see God as concerned for my daily bread, literally bread, food, sustenance, provision, what we need to live and survive. And so the good news of this prayer, this request, that Jesus teaches us to pray this because God is deeply concerned for our daily provision. God is deeply concerned that we have enough. He cares very much that we have enough to eat, that we have shelter over our heads, that our children are well cared for and nurtured and fed. He cares. He teaches us in this prayer that we cry out to a God who is inclined to provide. He's a God of provision. So that's good news. And in this prayer, we also find out that not only is God for our provision, but he is opposed to our lack of provision. He's opposed to any corners of the world or any corners of our heart that contribute to other people's lack of enough. He wants there to be enough. He wants us to have enough for the day. We learn this about the character of God in Exodus 16, right? Where the manna comes as the, the Israelites are in the wilderness. Manna comes, this weird, what is it stuff, kind of food. And it falls each day. And if it was only enough for one day, and the next day it would come. And every time the Israelites tried to store up more out of a scarcity mindset or tried to like store it away and pile up in fear that there wouldn't be enough for tomorrow, it's spoiled and there was maggots because there was only enough. We were only to trust in God for today and he will provide for today. And so God is very concerned for our daily bread, our provision. And so quickly, first, what do we learn? Give, give us this day our daily bread. Give. We are praying. This, this, this prayer shapes us to be a 
people that are dependent on God. We are a dependent people on a dependable God. This teaches us that we are creatures dependent on our creator for everything that we have. In James, it says every, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the father of lights. And so we are trained and shaped into a dependent people, reminded that we are dependent on a dependable God. So this is a prayer for provision for our daily needs. And we are taught to pray this daily. It's not like a one-time prayer. Hey, God, provide for my needs the rest of my life so I don't have to pray this again. No, we are trained and taught by God. He wants us to rely on him and to see that every day, every moment of every day, every breath of every second comes from him and we receive as gift. And so we are taught to pray for our daily, each day, bread, provision, what we need. And remember, let me remind you, this prayer is made to a God who is ready and wanting to provide for that need. So it's a prayer for provision, but next it's a prayer of justice. It's a prayer for justice because if it was just a prayer for provision, it would be give me my daily bread, meet my needs. But that's not this, what this prayer says. It says, give us this day our daily bread. We cannot pray this prayer in the plural without being concerned and being shaped into a justice people. Because if I have enough and my neighbor has not enough, then this prayer is not being answered. God teaches us to pray for all of us, for me and my neighbor, to have enough. And when I pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, it invites me into love for neighbor. Because I can't just pray for myself and be unconcerned with my neighbor. I heard someone once say that to love one's neighbor means that you desire the same for your neighbor's children as you do for your own. So if you want your kids to have a good school and to have good nutritious meals, and you want them to grow up in a, uh, an environment that stimulates their brains and nurtures their souls, and you work for that, and I know most of, all of you parents that I know of desire that for your kids, desire good education and good food and good experiences and safe places. You desire that for your kids and you work that your kids will have those things to the best of your ability. To love your neighbor means that you desire the same and you work the same for your neighbor's children as you do for your own. So that if your children have these things and your neighbor's children do not, then something is askew. And we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily provision. And this invites us to cooperate with the God who desires that every need be met, our neighbors and our own. And so we then have the opportunity to cooperate 
and to become the hands and feet of Jesus um, in cooperation with the spirit. As we see a guy pull out a gun and on Zuni, as Dave shared, or a guy who's hungry comes to our door and wants food and in a variety and children come to our house looking for a safe place to play who are lonely. We open up our doors. We open up our tables. We're willing to step outside of our cars and we say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. I have peace, but my neighbor doesn't. Let me participate in the peace that you're bringing to this place and to this, this relationship. And so this prayer is a prayer for provision, but it's also a prayer for justice. And I think it, just in closing, I think during the season of Corona, Corona tide, right? Um, the season uh, of, of self-quarantine, the season of where some of us experience this, are experiencing this much differently than others, right? For some, it feels like a vacation. Now, I don't think for more of us, more and more of us, this is like less and less vacation-like, you know, but at first everyone was like, oh yeah, I'm enjoying extra time with my kids. And, and, that's, and that's good. And I don't, there's no um, um, shame in that. There should be no guilt in that. But we have to recognize that that's not how everyone has experienced this, right? Um, that's the experience of someone who has maybe a steady paycheck or a salary job or whose work isn't dependent on this or who can work from home or who has internet access or whatever. But others, um, it's terrifying, right? And so as we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We can receive with gratitude what we have been given, jobs that provide food on our table, toilet paper in our pantries. But when we pray, give us our daily bread, we're always called to remember those who are in a season of terror, um, who don't have enough. And we are invited into God's great resistance to all that brings lack. We're invited to God's great kingdom resistance to all injustice and inequality and lack of love. And we're invited to fill those spaces that lack love with Jesus' presence in us, the, the presence of love, the presence of provision, um, so that all can have enough. And so that is all I will say about that. I just want to leave you with a question, a couple questions. One is that all of us in this season, um, I think, have had to wrestle with our sense of security. Uh, where is our provision coming from? Do we trust God to provide? Um, it's scary, right? And some of us feel that our, our incomes are going to be um, depleted or savings or, or we don't know where that job is going to come from. We don't know where that next meal is going to come from. Others of us, uh, I know there's a lot of fear around our rights. You know, are we being, are, is, this, is this the government, is this an opportunity for the government to take away stuff and our religious freedom and all of this? There's a lot of uncertainty as we forecast out all the things that sinful human nature and the brokenness of the world, how this will all be leveraged. So I just want you to check in with your own fears and your own insecurities. Do you trust Jesus to be deeply concerned with what you need 
that Jesus wants you to pray this prayer and he wants to meet your need with his provision and he cares deeply about it. Do you trust Jesus with that area of your need? And then the second question is where do you see lack in your neighborhood? Where do you see lack in this world? And where do you sense Jesus inviting you to be, to cooperate with the spirit, to cooperate with the resistance to provide enough? Maybe it's where you have more than enough. You can fill up someone's less than enough. Where do you find yourself clinging to your more than enough? Um, where, how do you trust? How are you trusting? How is Jesus inviting you to trust that he is the provider and he is the giver of our daily bread? I'm going to share our screen and Dee is going to lead us into another um, opportunity to just hear from the Lord and to sing. And then we will have an opportunity to respond and discuss a little bit uh, what Jesus might be saying.